Chapter Thirteen of the Pioneers by Catherine Susanna Pritchard. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kirsty. The summer of Davy's first year's work with his father was the driest the early settlers had known in the South. A breathless, insistent heat brooded over the hills, their narrow valleys, and the long, bare, weary plains. The grass stood stiff and straw-like by the roads and in the cleared paddocks, rustling when anything moved in it. Hordes of straw-coloured grasshoppers lay in it, whistling and whispering huskily, or rose with whirring wings when anything disturbed them. The skies, faded to grey, gave no promise of rain, and when the sun set it left a dull, angry flush, the colour of a black snake's belly, behind the hills. The lesser mountain streams dried up. The creek that ran through Cameron's paddocks became a mere trickle. There was only one deep pool left of it. In that, only enough water remained to keep the household going for a month, when Donald Cameron mustered, and he, Davy and the stockmen, drove the cattle to the Clearwater River, ten miles away to the southwest. It was still in good condition, and Cameron held three hundred acres of the river frontage there. He was better off than most of the hill folk, who, after driving their cattle a dozen miles or so for water, had to pay high prices for paddocks to run them in. Every man of Cameron's was away at the clear water, and Mrs. Cameron and Jenny alone at the homestead, the afternoon that Deirdre came riding up out of the misty depths of the trees. For days a heavy yellowish-grey haze had covered the hills. Mrs. Cameron could not, from her doorway, see the slopes of the ranges behind the house. The mist hung like a pall over the trees, seeming to stifle the wild life of them. Not a twitter of birds was heard. Parakeets, breaking the dun-coloured mist with the scarlet and blue and green of their wings and breasts, dashed over the clearing, chattering hoarsely. Now and then they rose from the orchard with shrill screams, as Jenny drove them away from the few shrivelled plums left on the trees by flapping a dishcloth at them. The air was full of the smell of burning. "'The fires have been bad on the other side of the ranges,' Deirdre told Mrs. Cameron as she came into the yard and slipped her bridle from Sock's neck. "'Father is taking our potties and cows and Steve's to the clear water.' "'Yes,' Mrs. Cameron said. "'Some men on the roads told us a few days ago that we'd better get our beasts out of the back paddocks in case the fires come this way.' Deirdre caught Socks by his forelock but instead of turning him into the paddock behind the stables as she ordinarily did, she led him into one of the fern-spread, earthen-floored stalls and slammed the door on him. "'A man at Steve's this morning said some of the people on the other side have been burnt out,' she said. "'The fire swept over the bush as if it were a grass paddock. Martin's at Dale is burnt down, and he said that some of the children going home from the Dale school were burnt to death.' Mrs. Cameron exclaimed distressfully, the fires came up so quickly they couldn't get home before them, Deirdre continued, and when they turned to go back, the flames were all round. Father sent me up. Davy and Mr. Cameron being away, he thought you mightn't know. If the fires are at Dale, there was a flicker of anxiety in Mrs. Cameron's eyes. They've travelled over forty miles already, Deirdre said, and Father says if the wind changes, we'll get them up here for sure. They may sweep right on, as it is, and miss us, but he said it would be madness to try to fight them. 
with only the three of us and if they do come this way to get down to the pool at once he said he'd try to get here if the wind changes once or twice there had been scrub fires in the summer and mrs cameron with everybody else on the place had helped to beat out the quickly running forked flames which tried to make their way across the paddocks of the clearing to the house and sheds she had carried water for the men beating when there was water to spare and they had dipped their bags and branches of green gum leaves into the water and slushed at the flames in the grass there are beaters and bags by the barn she said i cut the beaters after davy and his father had gone thinking we might want them she meant to make a fight for her home if the fires came that way deirdre realized the afternoon wore away slowly mrs cameron had few treasures but she made a bundle of them a bible some of davy's baby clothes an old-fashioned gold-rimmed brooch with a mosaic on black stone that donald cameron had given her and desired her to wear with the black silk dress he had insisted on her having and appearing in occasionally when people began to call him the laird of Ayrmuir. the dress was more an object of veneration than anything else but she wrapped it and the riband and the piece of lace that she wore with it into the bundle and put them with her spinning wheel and a pair of blue vases that had been her first parlour ornaments on the back veranda where they would be easy to get if the fires threatened the house deirdre moved restlessly about out of doors watching the haze on every side of the clearing for any sign of a break in it are there any animals on the place mrs cameron she asked late in the afternoon only a couple of cows and lass mrs cameron replied they're in the top paddock i'll run them down deirdre said straddling socks and calling to the toothless old cattle dog who lay dozing on his paws before the kitchen door she went to the hilltop and brought down the cows and lass a few minutes later keep em there jock she said and left the old dog shepherding them in the yard behind the barns while she was away, Mrs. Cameron and Jenny had bundled half a dozen hens and a game rooster into a big wicker crate. Just before sunset, they went to the hilltop together, Mrs. Cameron and Deirdre and Jenny buzzing before them. Not a puff of air stirred the tawny curtain that obscured the hills. At a little distance the trees stood motionless. The light leaves of the young gum saplings hung, down-pointed with a stillness that had tragedy in it faint and far away in the silence though was a rushing murmur the smell of burning that had been in the air for days came with a harsher tang darkness was making way against the smoke haze neither deirdre nor mrs cameron spoke staring into it a flock of parakeets flew out of the haze and scattered across the clearing with shrill startled screams a little brown feathered bird dropped into the grass deirdre picked it up its wings are singed she said quickly and they're quite hot still it can't have flown far tense and alert she threw back her head a puff of wind feather light almost imperceptible touched her face it's coming from the west she breathed will you take the animals to the pool deirdre mrs cameron said sharply jock'll keep em there jenny you bring the beaters up here i'll stay and watch to see if the fire breaks if the wind's from the west, it'll strike us first here. End of chapter 13